Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of Sabbath Talks. I'm Daryl Horn, the Executive Director of the San Antonio Baptist Association. We have a great topic lined up for you. It is a series of seven podcasts on the leadership wheel. We're looking at a tremendous tool about making decisions not only in our personal life, but also in ministry. The Leadership Compass is made up of six components. Our first podcast in this series was Introduction to the Leadership Compass. Our second podcast was on Common Purpose. Our third podcast was on Clear Roles. Fourth podcast on Accepted Leadership. Our fifth podcast was on Effective Processes. And number six is on solid leaderships, the climate of cooperation. Joining me in this series is a friend of mine who introduced me to the tool. His name is uh, Bill Hulse. Bill is pastor of Putnam City Baptist Church located in the northwest edge of Oklahoma City. Bill's been using this tool, the Leadership Compass, for well over a decade and has taught many leaders not only in his church but also in other churches to use this tool. Once again, Bill, thank you for joining us on Sabbath Talks. It's our pleasure to have you lead us through this conversation. So welcome to this podcast. Well, I admire your vision for equipping kingdom builders and uh, well done. Just glad to be a part of it with you. So let's pick up where we left off last time. Last time was podcast number five on effective processes, this being solid uh, relationships, the climate of cooperation. So if you would, Bill, get us started on this component. Well, this is critical because the unity of the team, remember all six components deal with increasing our cooperation. Uh, The more we're unified, the more we walk together in one in alignment, uh, the more results, the more we accomplish within our kingdom calling. Um, If we don't have solid relationships, if we have personal conflict, if we have team conflict, if we have role conflict, if we have turfism going on or silo mentalities, uh, that's the enemy dividing us. He's always trying to divide. What did he do in the garden? He tried to divide God's creation from the creator. What did he do within the man and the woman? Tried to divide them. What did he do in their families? They started having kids. Division, division, division. What's he done throughout history, Moses and Israel. He tried to constantly divide them. Oh, Moses, you're the leader that brought us out here in the desert to die. Um, They started fighting among each other. What happened with the 12 disciples? Conflict, conflict. What do we see in churches? Conflict, conflict. Um, And if that is not shepherded, that's where the enemy gets in to destroy the flock. So we constantly need to be thinking about that component of Do we have solid relationships in this decision or what we're looking at? How does it impact relationships? Uh, Or sometimes I just have to dial it up with a leader and say, you know, you've got a relational issue with this team member. Let's talk about it. Now, I'm not coming in as his boss and rubbing his face in personality conflict. I'm letting the compass diagnose where we're unhealthy. And they can't argue with the compass. They can if they want, but the compass has revealed where they're sick. If a doctor walks in and says, hey, Bill, your blood test says this, I don't tell the doctor he's my enemy. I got to wrestle with the test results, right? And that's what the compass does for us. 
Well, good. Well, I I know that the compass helps us clarify a lot of things, and we've we've looked at common purpose, clear roles, accepted leadership, effective processes. But if, as you're saying, if the relationships are not there, then the whole piece is not working well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we're dealing with relationships, uh, root there is relate. Um, we have to understand how we relate to one another. I spend a lot of time as a shepherd helping the, whether it's my staff or a volunteer team, I coach them up all the time to understand the unique chemistry of our team. What makes everyone tick and what ticks everyone off? Um, we do. <laughs> it's good That's to know that. It's good to, good to understand. Um, and, you know, we do a DISC profile. Uh, we use a tool to help them understand the four unique personalities that are in the room and understand that just because somebody's different than you doesn't mean they're the enemy. It means they're, they're, they're a part of the completer, if you will. They complete the team. We've got to learn how to walk together as one flesh, not expect everybody to be one-minded like I am. So talk about some of the tools that you use. Well, we use a, a typical, there's all kinds of personality profiles out there. Uh, there are a lot of different tools that talk about the uniqueness of a person. Um, so we definitely use a DISC. You can use many of the other little variants of DISC. It all comes from that same discipline. I also use a tool that a friend of mine named Alan Danielson wrote called Leadership Style Assessment or Triple Threat. Um, if you were to Google Alan Danielson and Triple Threat, uh, I call it a leadership style assessment. It talks about six different types of leaders. I marry that alongside of a disc and help a leader identify who they are as a leader. But then once we understand who we are as individual leaders, I bring all that together in a group tank and share those results so that we all understand everyone in the room. Um, so we do a team analysis with an individual analysis, and that's been very, very helpful. Then after that, after I've hopefully equipped them with the understanding of the uniqueness of individuals from time to time, when I do sidebar follow-ups, I'll sit down with the person, and they'll be so upset with another individual, we'll break out the disc, and we'll say, okay, let's take a look at this for a moment. Let's talk about what you're feeling here, what you're experiencing. Uh, let's remind, what are you on the DISC profile? Well, I'm a high S. I, I, I'm just a people-friendly person. Uh, this other person you have conflict, oh, they're a D. They're a dominant personality. Well, remember what we talked about. Uh, remember uh, how this relates to you. So I was on a staff years ago where I first broke this out, and I had a children's minister who was crying all the time in my office, upset because our administrator wasn't compassionate enough. Imagine that in an administrator, right? Mm-hmm. So, a matter of fact, he was a previous military, literal drill sergeant in the military. Got saved, was now in the church ministry world, but was a church administrator with a drill sergeant background. Can you imagine how tight that ship was run from administration, right? Yeah. I had a children's minister who was queen of compassion, and um, there was always conflict between her and our administrator. And I sat her down one day after we had done 
this was weeks, maybe months after we had done the disc and understanding solid relationships. And she's griping about him. And after she'd leave my office, he'd come back in because he knew she was in there and he knew it was about him. And I spent all my time policing their mess. And I finally broke out the compass and said, starting with her, let's talk about your problem. Let's go over here to solid relationships. Why is it that you and this person are struggling? Why don't you have solid relationships? And I had to coach her to understand his personality, remind her about his strengths and weaknesses in his personality and the strengths and weaknesses of hers. Part of the problem was she would go into his office for 20 minutes when he only needed a 30-second conversation. She needed the 20 minutes. He needed 30 seconds. And so I met with both of them, walked them through it, and said, hey, you've got to back your 20-minute conversation down. At least get it down to 10 minutes. At least meet him halfway where he is. Then I had to go to the administrator and say, hey, this conflict's going on. I know 20 minutes drives you nuts, but 30 seconds isn't enough to vet the issue. You're going to have to give some time, too. And so they both ended up bonding together through it. They both met each other halfway, and they became best friends on our staff. Had that been left alone, it would have been a cancer that would have destroyed both of their leadership on the team and possibly would have led to severe staff conflict. But that compass reminded me I can't ignore it, but I can help bring healing to it, and I had some tools to do it. Well, the the illustration you just gave not only bleeds out uh, between those two, it bleeds out over the staff and it bleeds oh. out into the church. And eventually, when it comes to light that the two are having conflict, people that are closest to either one begin to take sides, and then you have a much bigger problem. Well, you're on it. You're exactly right. Exactly right. So team harmony is critical. Yes, it it is. And having um, tools that that, uh, certain fields of study have been able to diagnose and been able to identify is, you know, we're all wired differently and God wires us in certain ways to be able to do certain things. And that goes back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where different parts of the body and different parts of the body see things from a different perspective and different parts of the body are able to do things that other parts of the body can't. And I imagine you as the leader knew that both of them were valuable in a certain context when they're doing, fulfilling their clear roles, which is uh, the second piece of the leadership compass. When they're doing what they're supposed to do, uh, everything works well, but the relationships can really, um, it's like putting diesel in a gasoline car. It, It might run for a little bit, or it may not start up at all, you know, and it's going to clog everything up, and then you're going to have lots of problems after that. Very so well said. That, yeah. That's uh, that's a tremendous piece, solid relationships, and with the stress in in our culture just in general, the divisiveness, uh, you know, political parties, not only that, but also worldviews and philosophies that uh, in many times are contrary to Scripture, all of that, you know, the pressure on, on the family and our culture, that uh, that can lead to 
um, not being able to get along with somebody at work, it may not be the cause, but it may be directed or, or, or misdirected or misapplied frustration or anger towards somebody else on the staff. Yeah, and my experience has been that uh, there will always be personality conflict. There just will. We all come from different perspectives and different preferences. Uh, but God can still be the God of one flesh, one uh, of oneness. Uh, just because we're different doesn't mean we have to conflict. We should be able to even agree to disagree. You hear that famous saying, we should be able to do that in a spirit-filled way. We talked about Paul and Barnabas with John Mark, two different approaches, two different opinions. They still kept fellowship, uh, relationship throughout the years. They didn't allow that to become divisive. Now, what I've experienced with a lot of teams and personal conflict on teams is they'll just say, well, if they can't get along and they're going to be a thorn in my flesh, I'll just fire them or I'll just get rid of them or I'll write them off. That's not God at all. Uh, that's flesh. You know, God is the God of reconciliation. He's the God of uh, oneness. And we need to pursue that as passionately as we do wanting them to be like us. You know, speaking of teams, something you just said made me think about Abraham Lincoln. You know, on his uh, leadership staff when he was president, he put mm, posi- he put example. people on on his staff that didn't like him at all, and it, it forced from the different party. Yeah, yes, it, it forced them to work together, even though the relationships at times were strained. Uh, he felt like it was a necessary part of being able to try to work with somebody with a different opinion, but. Uh, I've read historians who feel like that was a key to some of his success was embracing people who were different than him and had a different perspective of life than he did. Yeah, I think one of the biggest failures I've seen some leaders do is surround themselves with people like themselves. Um, There are certain personalities, I'll just be honest and transparent, that drive me crazy, but I need them in the room because they are shoring up a weakness I have in my personality. So the balance, understanding, and appreciating the collective uniqueness of God's creation and all of us coming together, that's the beauty of oneness. Uh, If we want to separate and have conflict and not appreciate the difference of the other person, we see it in marriage, we can see it in the church, and we can see it in any organization, we will crumble and fall apart from within. A house divided will not stand. That's that's a very good scripture on this. The house divided will not stand. So as we look at solid relationships, this piece of the leadership compass, what should be our takeaway from from this discussion? Well, relationships matter. Uh, God is a God of relationships. God created us to be relational beings, to relate to him and to relate to one another. The Bible says the greatest commandment is to love God, that relationship primary. The second is like the first, to love our neighbors, to relate to others. And that's exactly where Satan fights the hardest. Uh, One of the greatest things he does to keep us from accomplishing our common purpose is to get us to be divided. And that comes back to the original part of this compass. This compass exists to help us cooperate, to help us be in alignment, to help us to come together, different people in the boat rowing in the same direction, way better than me rowing on my own and doing it myself. So um, this is primary. It requires as much intentionality 
as a me holding my team accountable to getting the processes done excellently, if I'm not shepherding our relationships, everything can fall apart at this point as well. It's critical. Yeah, that's a very good point. Thank you for leading our discussion, Bill, on solid relationships. Those of you who are listening, you can find a copy of the Leadership Compass on the San Antonio Baptist webpage. It'll be the landing page that you first come to. We want to thank you for listening. If you haven't listened to the previous five podcasts, we encourage you to go back and do that. Podcast number one was the introduction. Podcast number two was Common Purpose. Number three was Clear Roles. Number four, Accepted Leadership. Number five, Accepted uh, Effective Processes. And this is number six, Solid Relationships. We hope you'll join us for our last conversation, which will be podcast number seven, Excellent Communication, the Means of Cooperation. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the other side. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.